Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Two player bros. I'm Mike. With me, as always, is Dave. Dave, how you feeling? How you doing? You back? Ready to go? Um, I'm feeling good, Mike. Feeling ready to go, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever you said. I don't know because you were you were gone last week, so you had to quarantine. But yep, that's the life we lead. You're back. We've both played some games. I guess let's start with the game we both played, which is Hitman Three. I did some initial impressions last week, but it was only for Dubai. It wasn't the whole game. Uh, I know you've beaten it. I'm one mission away from beating it. So why don't we talk about what we think about Hitman 3 and what that brings to maybe the next-gen table or doesn't bring to the next-gen table? So I listened, before I played the game, I listened to your episode last week, and you were raving about how shiny this guy's head looked and the puddles and everything. So I was, I was like, I know I'm going to go into this game and I'm going to be disappointed because Mike is hyping up these fucking puddles <laughs> <laughs> and they're just puddles, Mike. I, I, I just need to get that out there. They're just puddles. It's just light. It's what <laughs> so is that like ray tracing at its, at its glory in its glory? I don't think every little bit of this game has ray tracing because I've hit a couple of mirrors where it's like, there's no way that's ray tracing mirrors. Mean? What is I, don't, I hate I hate the word ray tracing. I hate everything about ray tracing. <laughs> I thought just, it was like the way they source light. Yes, and that it's realistic bouncing off of things. So I think reflections in general are ray tracing, but not every light source is a ray trace light source. Like if it can't be bright enough, they just kind of fake it till they make it. So then there are certain parts like I know that in one mission in the Shanghai that you play, one bathroom it's like pretty dimly lit, and yet your reflection is super well lit like it's a tv screen on the mirror and i'm like well they must put light sources like a mix of both which makes sense because ray tracing can't happen on xbox one or playstation 5 so there must be certain effects that are like yeah it's cool if we we've got it but the game doesn't rely on ray tracing 100 percent. i don't know i think it's just uh some like overhyped thing it's definitely not a buzzword it's definitely it definitely is a thing you don't think ray tracing is a buzzword 
It's a buzzword, but not a buzzword where it's like RTX, bro. <laughs> it's not a, a buzzword. It's like teraflops. Where like teraflops really don't mean anything. Whereas ray tracing actually means a thing. I don't know. Let's let's cut out half your teraflops from that Xbox and see what happens. <laughs> uh, I mean, I you were impressed by some of the graphics and some of the levels. It looked cool. I mean, it looks fine. Uh, it looks better than last gen i guess it's like, it's the first game that really has like i was like okay this definitely looks better than last gen because like even cyberpunk playing it obviously it's not a next gen game but i'm like eh but hitman with summer levels dubai uh some parts of the dartmouth mansion and shanghai the neon lights i was like okay some of this looks really really good that i think would affect my performance on a i don't know game. i feel like after like the xbox ps2 generation like that's as good as I need for graphics. It all just run. It all just from runs, Xbox to PlayStation. It, it all just runs together from there. <laughs> like I was looking at screenshots of uh, Indiana Jones and Emperor's Tomb because it's on Games with Gold right now. Like, yeah, that, look, that looks like a video game. That looks like a 360 game. Oh, I'm like, 360 game. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's an Xbox game. It looks like a 360 game, and I'm like, well, then a 360 game just pretty much looks like an Xbox One game, and an Xbox One game just looks like a Series X game. I need you to get new eyes. <laughs> it's it's just doesn't do it for me. It's crazy I, madness, Dave. I, I don't care about graphics. I know you don't care, but there's no way you think they look the same. No, of course I see the difference. It's just like it'll never be the thing that excites me. And I, I think I that's, get that. That's I think fine. that's why I haven't been excited for like new consoles in so long. Is because like that's not what gets you going. Like, okay, they're prettier. Like nothing's really done anything like you know revolutionary outside of like you know Nintendo with the Switch and the Wii and everything doing their own their own thing on the side but well the, what about the like the frame rate is definitely better the stutter time and all the loading times are yeah you can definitely tell that everything runs smooth yeah it's nice i mean i know that was what you were kind of excited when we were talking about like what you were kind of looking forward to and you were talking about you know frames per second and loading times and i was like yeah i don't know i think for me that's I, a big that's actually is a big deal i don't think I'd say i was excited for loading times not loading if, any, well, if anything you probably talked about loading yeah. times and yeah. i probably said get the fuck over yeah. it. you were talking about frame rate and like i yeah, it's like I don't think I'll notice it, but I absolutely noticed the frame rate change um, from last gen to this gen. Yeah, I, I can't tell the difference between like thirty and sixty, at least not easily. When people talk about frame rate, like even that, still, it's all like a feel thing. And I'm sure that I do like things that are running at sixty, even though I don't really recognize that as sixty. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's my Xbox Series <laughs> X is just an Xbox One. It's all the same. It's all the same thing. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Hitman, I guess. <laughs> so you're very excited about this game, I can see. Uh, <laughs> no, Hitman's a lot. I, I really enjoyed it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Hitman 3 came out, and now you played none of Hitman 2 yet? I didn't. No, I never played any Hitman 2. So my history with Hitman, I guess, would be there was one for 360 that I beat like completely it. I don't know the name of it. They all run together, but it was, it opened up with like a, a garden party and it ended at like a heaven and hell club. Mm -hmm. Um, I played the same one. I can't remember. I can't I tell you which, yeah, one, I don't know which one that was contracts or blood money. One of the two. I, yeah. I don't know. I probably contracts. I think blood money is the one that had like the more like, is that the one that had the story? Blood money is the one that was the more storylined one. I don't know. It was like, there's like, I know there's a cinematic one. It's, yeah. All Hitman just runs together. Even that yeah. story based one, like it all just, it's all just Hitman to me. Um, and then I played episode one of Hitman one when it came out. The you Paris know. level. Uh, 
is it Paris? Like the museum in Paris. It's been a long time. Yeah. Um, but I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. This is, this is the first Hitman that I've played through to completion though in a, in a long while. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It was a good time. <laughs> no, it was definitely really good. Um, I talked a little bit about it. Like I said, when we did the, when I talked about the Dubai level, it really feels like the, like one of the best Hitmen since Hitman 2. And I, when Hitman 2 came out, which I think came out for PlayStation 2 when I played it, it, it was mind boggling. Like I know me and Alex played it all the time, trying all the different ways and methods. And this kind of restricts you a little bit more in terms of playing run and gun. But I think it's better for it. Because you don't want any kind of, it shouldn't give you a chance to play run and gun, which the old Hitman's used to. It should be like, if you play run and gun, you're not a good Hitman, you're going to die. And this game is smooth and fast and interesting. The levels are all very unique and awesome. And the use of AI and the different characters are just really incredible and really bring the game to life in a new way that even Hitman 2 of this current Hitman 2 uh, didn't. You said that you can't play this game run and gun if you don't want? I think it's much more difficult than it used to be in the original, the Hitman 1 and Hitman 2. Oh, interesting. Because one of the things I liked about this game is how easy it was. It it was very like, if you mess up, it's like, don't worry about it. The guy's going to do another lap. Everything's going to be okay. Everyone's on, on their routes. Oh, you, you ruined that quest line. No big deal. There's 20 other ways this guy's going <laughs> to walk out in the open at some point. And then when you do, you know you know, break stealth or whatever. It's super easy just to knock a guy out, throw him in a dumpster and, uh, <laughs> and you're good again. Well, I know you played on casual mode. Uh, I play, I, I don't actually remember setting a difficulty. Okay. Cause I played on professional, which is what it's normally set to. And I know I tried to look at the leaderboards on your score and you were always set to casual. Oh, I don't even, I don't even know if I actively chose to play through on casual. Gotcha. I really don't remember setting a difficulty for the game. So, I mean, that could be why a lot of it's kind of easier for you. But in general, yes, if, if you mess up a storyline, there are 35 million ways to kill every target. Mm-hmm. So there's always like, oh, well, try the photographer if you mess up the private investigator or all these different things, which I think is pretty cool. But in terms of run and gun, if you play on professional or, or higher, you're you're not making it past the first gunshot at you. Does that mean I can't walk around with scissors in my pocket as like a legal item? Uh, I think scissors probably still count as legal. It's still ridiculous what they count as okay when they search you, no matter what difficulty. I think I had a ceremonial tanto. <laughs> like, yeah, you're good, bro. Get rid of your gun. <laughs> but that scrap knife? Yeah. I- <laughs> That's just a hobby knife. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. What do you got a lead pipe for? Piping? <laughs> got it. But- got to pipe it. <laughs> That's just kind of classic Hitman. The same thing kind of bothers me in Hitman all the time, although it would piss me off if I couldn't, is that every male character's height is the exact same as your character's when you walk around the game world. Yo, Hitman is such a good actor. (laughs) (laughs) It's so, and it's so weird how stupid some of the people are. Like it's, it's the game just wants you to have a good time. At least on, at least on casual, the game just wants me to have a good time. Oh no, no one doubts the bold white guy with a barcode in the back of his neck. You're in Dubai (laughs) dressed as a white security guard with blinding blue eyes well not just that like i'll i'll talk to someone and they'll be like no you can't come through here even like the main story characters and then i just like turn around grab a new outfit show right back up oh yeah come on through it's like <laughs> can't tell i'm the same guy i'm not even wearing a hat <laughs> no you're different you do i can tell the clothes make the man <laughs> 
But I, I thought the levels were really, really good in this game. I really enjoyed the difference in each level. Yeah, I, the levels are all great. I love just I love to kind of just walking around each level for like, you know, almost like 45 minutes before I even did anything just to kind of like see what everyone was doing. Just so many different ways to kill the people. So many. And is it, so are the storyline or the mission lines new to Hitman? No, those actually started with this trilogy. So every every level has at least three mission lines that you can do. I loved that too. Yeah. Like even when I was a little overwhelmed about what to do, like there was one guy uh, in the China level. I didn't know how to get to him, and then I found a whole storyline where I was dressed up as a bum and walked right up to him. Yeah, <laughs> sat, you did the bum. Sat one? down in the chair next to him. <laughs> you blew up his brain. Uh, no. <laughs> you killed him in the deprivation cha- chamber when he was relaxing. Nope. Uh, Ooh, what did you do? Well, it's not that exciting. Um, he tried to do the brain experiment on me. It didn't get him. I don't know. If I, was I supposed to tamper with that before we went into it? No, you're just so strong that you fuck it up. Oh, he didn't, he didn't die when we did it. So you, you must have to do something. You do first. it the first time and he gives up and he goes to go take a break. Yeah. So for my game, he never left that chair. Um, okay. So I had to like, kind of like, I was stuck in that room. Like he said, okay, I have to go rest. And he goes to sit down or he never goes to sit down. He stays in the chair. And until I threw a coin, nobody would move in that room. Everyone was just standing there. <laughs> so I threw a coin and then he got mad at me and he walked away. And then as soon as he walked into the next room, I used that ceremonial tanto I mentioned earlier and I uh, slit his throat and threw him in a locker. Nice. Yeah. He's supposed to get up right away after he says that. And yeah, then go he- take a break in his deprivation chamber, which I guess you can mess up. But I waited for him to come back and I beat him in the next game of will and blew up his brain oh so that's even like a, that's almost like a legal kill too <laughs> you yeah. can get in trouble for that no one, one gets you in trouble they just the guy comes and goes all right well you did your job for the day let's bring you downstairs <laughs> and he escorts your homeless guy ass out of the building in a in a onesie <laughs> it's funny uh no all the levels were great though and i like how every level feels different enough it's not just like your hitman in Dubai or now you're hitman in China or now you're hitman in Paris or whatever the levels are. Um, like every level had like a unique, just even if it's just like a little twist, there's a little twist to the formula in each, you know, in each level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Like just to kind of mix it up slightly. No, I love that. I love that. Not everything was like a garden party level, which I think hitman two had a few too many party levels. Hitman two was probably like 50% parties. and. 50% not. The, the I know par- fifth, the parties are your favorite. The party levels are definitely my favorite. I love them too, but every once in a while it's great to have a level like the Dartmouth level where you're doing something a little different. Or even in Hitman 2, there was a level where it was an entire suburb and you were walking around the different houses and learning all the different things. And that <laughs> level is really cool. And this level just, even the party levels really felt different, you know, from the, the vineyard to... Oh, you did the vineyard. I did do the vineyard, yeah. That was fun too. It, it's, all, it's all really, really cool and really, really interesting. It enables you to play the game differently no matter what you do. And the amount of different, I mean, you see it when you beat the game, like how many different boxes of, hey, here's how you can kill all the people in this level. Yeah. Infin- almost infinite replayability in terms of that. Yeah. Tons like, I must, I probably beat Dubai three, Dubai is the only one I've like played over and over. I probably beat it three times now. And like, there's still a different bunch of different kills that I can't figure out. I still don't know where this exploding golf ball is or whatever. Like. Oh, I found that. I didn't use it, but I know where it is. (laughs) Um, 
but yeah, very, very cool. Very fun. Um, there's something about, uh, to, to be fair, there is something about Hitman where like when I'm playing it, I really enjoy it, but nothing's ever pulling me to keep playing it or to go back to it, mm-hmm. you know? So like I've beat all the levels now. I'm probably just done with Hitman. I wish there was something that made me want to go play. And it's just a me thing, I'm sure. But I wish there was something that made me want to go back and play it more. But I usually they, play a level a couple times, but there is a little bit of a, a kind of staleness to Hitman in terms of the way he moves and the way the, the length of the games tend to be pretty long. So committing to another hour and a half play session on one level is is kind of a, regardless on if you play an open world game, obviously you're going to do that. On Hitman, it's kind of like, that's a commitment. Yeah, I was I was excited by the prospect of like when I heard oh there's like Dark Soul style shortcuts that you can open up through the game so you open them up once and they're just open for like future playthroughs and everything. Oh, are they? I didn't know they were open up for. I never used them more than once. Yeah, I mean they're they're not that impressive though. Like it's cool that you get the different starting points and the different shortcuts for like. Yeah. I don't know. I was hoping you'd get more out of. I I was hoping to get more out of that. Like it's cool to start this level in the club instead of in the field or whatever. But like, I don't know at all. I wish there was something else and I'm sure it's just a me thing, but it just, it's missing something for me. I think it all depends on like where your starting place is. There's some starting places where it's really cool. Like there's some starting places that'll start you in a sniper nest where you can beat the game in two minutes if you line up the shot right. And that's oh. pretty cool. But is there one for those? Is there one of those in a uh, Hong Kong? Or? Yeah. Shanghai. Yeah. I don't think it's Shanghai or Hong Kong. I, think I don't know. I don't remember. It's, it's it with a I keep C- calling it Shanghai. It's with a C. Chang, it's Chang Yang, Chong, Chong it's Chong something. Yeah, it, it's all. It all makes me feel uncomfortable to not know how to pronounce it. But <laughs> Chong, True, it's Chong something. I yeah. think. and I know one of the things you start in a sniper nest, and you can actually kill both targets with a single bullet. Yeah, I saw that was a challenge. That's why I assumed it was that one that you're talking about. But. but I'm not sure exactly where they intersect because in my playthrough, they always seemed like they were in two different buildings. Yeah, like very far apart. Because I killed the female in that level first in the tech building. Then I went outside, became a bum, killed what's his name? Hush, Hush. Yeah. in his building. Then had to go back into the other building, go back to the memory core where I killed the first lady to begin with Yep, and yeah. upload the thing. Yeah, I, I saw that I had to disable the data core after I was done with the two of them. So I... I went for the other one. I went for Hush first. Oh, I, yeah. That's what I should I knew I'd have to circle so I was back. like doubling back kind of <laughs> blue. You know, it's, it's a good time. I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, probably won't ever play it again, but it's it's cool that that there's as much there as there is. And I feel like if it like if it's something that hits a nerve with you or in a good way, if it strikes a chord with you, I guess is the more positive version of that expression. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that it, it, it seems like it's got a lot of replayability for people that, you know, it clicks with. Oh, for sure. And I love the fact that all of them are linked. Like Hitman 1 and 2 can go into Hitman 3. I like that Sonic and Knuckles plus Sonic 3 kind of thing they're doing. And I also enjoy the expansions that they're doing and the make your own targets. So you make your own mission if you're a player and you can set that up into the um, Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, or PC, wherever you're playing it, and be like, hey, beat this guy with this set of rules. You have to be dressed as that and kill him with this weapon. And it kind of if you enjoy beating the game an infinite number of times with an infinite number of different set rules, the the fact that the players can really set some really restrictive rules made the game harder than I think even the developers kind of make it, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like you'd have to like hit a, the perfect balance with those because if they're too restrictive or it's too like, no, you only have this one opening at this one moment. Like that's, 
probably not fun. That just becomes, you know, like pattern memorization, like to the, to the fullest, you know? Some of them are really tough. Some of them are, I've done a couple in Hitman too. And some of them were like that where it's like, are you kidding me? Like, I know you do have to beat it with your conditions in order to submit it, but some of them are really restrictive, but some of them are still kind of fun. Mm -hmm. So some of them are challenging, but like, okay, but I can still see three or four different ways I can do this. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that increases the lifespan of someone who's really into Hitman. And I don't know if I'm that much into Hitman either, but every once in a while I like to go back and dabble. Word. My only issue with Hitman is he moves like a really stiff puppet, but I think that's just part of the game. Yeah. He's always felt stiff, right? Yeah. But it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let me know when you, uh, I know this, isn't, this isn't a post game, so we won't go into details like super specific, but let me know when you beat the final level. Cause it is a big departure from all the previous levels, like to the point where I didn't even feel like being stealthy. Like I was just going for it hard. So. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause I tried, I killed one innocent person so far in the, server level i accidentally blew up the lady's guard with her in the server and i've killed oh, no yeah. other innocent no no other non-target yeah and that, that one you have when you're like at the board where you can fire people fire people yeah. you have to make sure you fire the guy because the guy's best friends with the guard so that he goes and distracts the guard oh damn it all right like she actually tells you that too like you know she says oh if you fire jeremy right now he's gonna call his mom and his mom's gonna tell him to talk to his who he thinks is his best friend, who is my personal guard. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Yeah. I accidentally killed that guy. This is the only non-target I killed in the whole game. What are you going to do? I was okay with it. He was helping a bad person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll let you know. I'll definitely be probably beat it tonight while I'm editing this episode or something, but it was a good time. And then you played another game. You played a lot of games this week. You played a uh, cyber shadow. Yeah. I've, I've, I probably played like four or five games and quite a bit of four or five games in the past couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, I just played and nearly beat cyber shadow. It's on, uh, it's, I think it's on all systems, but it's on game pass. So no reason not to play it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's like a, it's like a modern retro Ninja Gaiden kind of thing. Yeah. That's what I, I read about it. Yep. I'm not someone who has a ton of nostalgia for Ninja Gaiden. Like I didn't really fall in love with Ninja Gaiden until what is it? Black, I think on mm -hmm. uh, Xbox. I don't even know if I've ever played the NES one prior to. Uh, oh, really? It's great. It was great. Oh, before like emulators and stuff. Yeah. Like growing up, I don't, I've played it now. I just don't know if I ever had when I was a kid. Um, it was hard when I was a kid. But no, Cyber Shadow is a really good time. It's, it's definitely worth checking out. It's, the music is super dope and I'm not even someone that really cares about music, but I was, it's something I noticed in this game. Um, I don't know how deep to go into it, but it's, uh, it's not as, it's not as difficult as you might think. Uh, it's kind of like, it's like weird, like fake difficulty to it where sections seem challenging, but there's a very liberal, uh, like checkpoint system. So even if you die a couple times, like there's another checkpoint right around the corner, um, okay. which is something that like an original NES game would not have done for yeah, you. <laughs> absolutely brutal. That game was awfully brutal. So it, it, it feels like that super difficult NES game, but it's got like these like little, little things to help you out. Like, you know, at those checkpoints, you can like purchase upgrades to help you get through the next section. If you're having trouble or whatever, um, a lot of cool boss fights with like, you know, cyber warriors and mechanical dragons and stuff. Very, very cool. Very fun. Yeah. Art's cool. Music's cool. Everything's cool. It's just, a, it's a good time. It's worth checking out. I'm, I'm on the end boss and I can't beat it. And I don't, honestly, I don't think I ever will. Uh, <laughs> so I kind of just walked away from the game now. Gotcha. Um, I feel like I've seen everything it has to offer. It's just a very difficult end boss fight. 
I guess you can ask me questions about it if you want, but I don't really know what else to say. About it. <laughs> uh, how how long have you played it for? Is it like a, a long game or a short game? Like obviously get it for free on Game Pass, but is it worth buying on like Switch or PlayStation? For me personally, uh, I would say I'm glad I played it on Game Pass, but I don't want to sound like disparaging to the game because it's right up there with a game like like Shovel Knight or Axiom Verge, I guess, was a pretty good one, where it really feels like it's not just imitating an NES game. It feels like it belongs with those games. Mm -hmm. So if you have any nostalgia for Ninja Gaiden or just enjoy retro games like that, like, I, again, I'm glad I bought it on Game Pass, but I can definitely see it being something that's like a a huge interest to people and, and worth the 15, 20 bucks, whatever it costs. Okay. Uh, I've probably played it for six hours, six to eight hours. It's like 12 levels and they all vary between like 20 to 40 minutes, I'd guess. That doesn't sound too bad for like 15, 20 bucks. Yeah, no, it, 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 I'm sure. Yeah. Again, I'm glad I, you're glad you got I'm, it for free. I'm glad yeah. it was free. So I can't really <laughs> comment on, you know, what, how much money it's worth because I definitely have got my money's worth out of it. But yeah, I, I'd say probably six hours, six, okay. six to eight. That's not bad. I'll definitely check it out. I definitely like the Ninja Gaiden uh, NES game, although I was terrible at it. And like the first two or three levels were pretty much it for me. But yeah, it, it's it was a great game. It's got like a little bit of a Metroidvania style to it. You're getting like upgrades as you go along, but it's also very, very linear and there's not actually too much backtracking to the previous areas, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, also kind of weird. You're getting upgrades as you go through the game because it's like a Metroidvania mm. about halfway through the game. You just stop getting upgrades in like mm. a, in like a really strange way where you think they'd have like paced stuff out a little better until you get one more upgrade, which is like a super upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I was a little confused by the by the pacing of the upgrades in that in that regard, but no, it's a it's a very fun game, very fun. All right, worth your time. I'll definitely check it out after Hitman, except <laughs> my last level. Uh, I guess the next thing is I finally got a PS5, Dave. After three months of searching, congratulations! I guess thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and I. You know, I thought I'd be like really in love with it, but I'm a little disappointed in terms of the way that some of the stuff's built in it. Like the Wi-Fi, I guess it's a huge issue when I got the digital PlayStation 5 and Wi-Fi band wise, they want you to set it to 2.4 instead of five gigahertz, which kind of slows down your download speed. The fact that I couldn't connect for like three days to the PlayStation network completely, but only partially, even though the Wi-Fi was working. A little frustrating on that end, and I guess they're doing slow updates to make it work, but I guess this has been a thread that I've seen on discussion threads since November. Uh, when it first came out, and it's still continuing to this day. It's a little frustrating for PlayStation 5. The one thing I wasn't anticipating is I, I heard the system was big, but I didn't anticipate exactly how big it was. I mean, it really is a massive system. 16 inches or something like that. <laughs> 16 pounds. Uh, 16 inches at least. I mean, it really takes up a lot of real estate. Uh, it does look really nice. It's a really you know pretty system to put in there. It's got a nice curve to it. Looks like a, It looks like a building in du from Dubai. The PlayStation controller might be a little too big for my taste in terms of the spacing in between both hands, but the system itself, the controller itself, the buttons feel really nice. The trackpad's not as smooth as, a, as I'd like. I think the trackpad works a little better on the PS4 because you're touching this kind of subtly stubble material that kind of stops your thumb as you're trying to use the trackpad. 
but the motion controls are much better than the PlayStation 4. And the haptic feedback is probably the star of the show. You know, the haptic feedback, you know, we've talked about on the show before and, you know, I've read articles about, oh, it's so good. It's so great. And, you know, you don't really like, all right, so buttons are harder to press and stuff like that. But until you actually play the game, the fact that triggers really are harder to press or they have a texture to them and it really feels like the best of what it feels like the best of what Nintendo Switch has done with their controllers mixed with really what could be the future of PlayStation and Xbox controllers. It really is up there with VR in terms of immersiveness, you know, in terms of I have a tactile feel of things when I'm playing the game, which I've only experienced in the preloaded Astro's playroom. But I think it's, it's really, really cool the way they handle jumping and walking on grass to wood, to gravel, to metal, all within the same level. And as you're moving your joystick, you can actually feel that change and then jumping into a rocket ship and controlling the different boosters with different triggers at different pressures all feels really, really good. Uh, and it's something that's really impressive. And I feel like me describing it does a disservice to it. It's something like VR you have to experience to really know, but it really is very, very impressive. Cool. But, so, yeah, sounds fun. <laughs> much like Xbox though. I don't know that I have a PS5. The question is, what do I play? I mean, I've got, I finally got, I got Spider-Man, so I'm going to play that. But much like Xbox and PlayStation 5, it's like, I'm just probably going to go back and play my PlayStation 4 games, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) There really isn't a lot on these new systems yet, which I think is a real disappointment in terms of, which obviously is partially due to Corona, but, you know, what do I do? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It'd be, it'd be nice if there's some more games coming out. There's not, not really much on the horizon. That's why I keep going back to games like Cuphead here and and stuff like that. Just like, no. Nothing else to really do. <laughs> yeah. There is one game coming out soon. I don't know how you feel about it. We haven't really talked about it yet. Obviously, you're. I hope you're excited. I'm excited about it, which is Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're excited to probably play through the game again, the regular game. How do you feel about the Bowser's Fury part about it? Have you read much about it? or? I heard it was like more open world. Yeah, it's um, like a big open world game. I, that's really all I heard about it, though. I, I don't really know much about the Bowser's Fury stuff. The trailer looked cool. <laughs> yeah, that's all I know about is it's open world and it's the the tra- from the trail footage from the trailer. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that would kind of turn you off a little bit. I mean, I was personally hoping for maybe a whole new world, but if there's enough within that open world to make up for the fact that there's not another world. Oh, I got I got the feeling that it was going to be more substantial than just another world. I thought it was going to I thought it was going to be more major than that. Okay. But I guess, we'll, I mean, we'll see. That was just my impression. I don't know if that's actually what it is, but. I would hope so. I mean, I'm okay with the open world as long as it had the content the regular game had. Because there needed to be a sequel for that game, like, right after the first one was released. Mm. And, I mean, one of the things that was great about the game was we kept thinking we were done. And it just kept on play, piling more and more and more onto the game, which is something I really loved about it. Yeah, I know that I absolutely love the game, but you know how my memory is. Like, I don't really remember specifics about the game at this point, other than the cat suit is fun <laughs> um, and cherries are cool. But I, I'm excited to play through it again. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Switch with a couple, you know, little ones. And so two seven-year-olds and a four-year-old. So we'll see if we can get them all on uh, on 3D World and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> That'll be something. <laughs> That'll be interesting to see. But I mean, I like, I remember just having, I don't remember a lot of the game. I just remember because we just played so much of it in like two or three runs. But I remember just having a blast with you. Like it was one of the most fun multiplayer games. It was one of the most fun Mario games. 
The puzzles were great. The platforming was great. The cooperative experience was awesome. And I just remember every time we thought we got Peach a new or stop Bowser, a new level would open up. And, you know, there were at least two or three post-game worlds to explore, which I thought was really, really cool in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very excited about playing this game again. And that's going to be probably my only game I get in February that I know of that's coming out. Oh, when, when does it come out? It's in February? February, yeah. Second week of February, I'm pretty sure. Second week of February. Second, maybe the third. No, well, we're in the first week. Yeah, we're kind of in the first week. I think the week after next from when this episode airs. Cool. I want to say the 12th. (laughs) You think it's the 12th? I think it's the 12th. Right around the corner. Yeah. The other game we both played that just came out this month was uh, The Medium. Oh, yeah. Another Game Pass game. An actual true next-gen game. It's not on Xbox Xbox One or PlayStation 4. Um, it's an Xbox Series X exclusive and PC exclusive. I've played it for a few hours. You played it for about an hour, probably. Yeah. Beat prob- the first like intro. Probably a little bit less than an hour, but yeah, about an hour, I'll say. I guess let's, uh, I don't want to do a post game on this game. So I guess let's give our initial thoughts. Mike, I told you post games are dead. <laughs> <laughs> well then, uh, speaking about the dead, <laughs> what did you think of this game? Uh, honestly, it felt like a PS2 horror game. Uh, I really didn't like walking around the apartment and stuff. Like it just felt clunky just walking around. I don't really have much to say about it. Like it was just super bland from what I played. Uh, I've been told that it gets pretty good after a couple hours, but it's a game you have to put, you know, three or four hours into before it picks up. And I don't think I, I don't like horror games to begin with. I can't even tell if this is a horror game. Maybe in your experience, does it get a little more creepy they keep saying it's so scary when the monster comes at you, but it's it's not that scary. It's no worse than, did you think the nemesis coming at you in Resident Evil 3 that you were just expecting to come at you was scary? If so, <laughs> we talking about Resident Evil 3 or Resident Evil 3 Remake? The remake. He would have been more scary if it wasn't like super telegraphed every time he was going to come out. <laughs> well, then welcome to the meet. <laughs> where it's super telegraphed? It's, you know, he's coming out at certain points when he comes out and it's just kind of like, eh. Mm. And I don't find, I mean, the atmosphere is cool, but yeah, I don't think it's scary at all. It it seems pretty forgettable so far. If I don't have anything else to play, maybe I'll keep at it, but I, I doubt it. So I've, I've been told three or four hours and it, it picks up a little bit and the story gets a little more interesting because right now I don't even think the story is interesting. I'm just a, right now all I know is I'm a girl that is a medium. That's, that's all I know. <laughs> the story gets a little bit more interesting, but the... I don't know. It's very dreary. One of the things I really don't like about the game, and one of my biggest, it might be stupid and you might disagree, but the game clearly takes place in an ex-Soviet nation. They don't say what country, at least as far as I know, they don't say what country it takes place in. I haven't gotten that far. But you play this girl that is, the whole setting is clearly Russia. The writing is in Russian. They talk about the hotel you go spend most of, if not all the game takes place in this shut down hotel which is for the socialist party political political socialist party and you're reading all this and seeing the russian letters and stuff like that and she's speaking in perfect american like i think i'd like her better if she had a russian accent or if i was more steeped in that world and we weren't trying to pretend this is america i didn't even know she was russian or that i was in russia so i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> from the start of the game you get the idea that it's an eastern european country it just kind of looks a little bit like it but as soon as you get to hotel the first thing you see are the big you know the russian um writing 
and all this stuff about how it's a socialist party and that was shut down in the 80s when the so when the Soviet Union crashed. It's just like if this is gonna be the story and this is not a game that could take place anywhere, then make it Russian. You know, I know that they want to, oh well, American buyers might not like it, but as an American buyer, as someone who is playing this game American, I I would rather it be take place in Russian with maybe someone with a Russian accent to really kind of steep me in that world. And it kind of takes me out when isn't, she's isn't a Russian accent though, like isn't that just as false as an American accent? Like, in, unless the game is, unless the character is speaking Russian, it's kind of weird. Just, I know, and I know it's what people do in movies and games mm-hmm. and stuff. If they're, if it's Russian, then what it sounds like what you want is Russian with subtitles. Well, I'm okay with that. Or, or the the Russian accent just kind of puts me in it a little bit more. Or what I was, I was actually talking because to Elise about this. Like these, Michael. Like no, you. It's, <laughs> well, the that's, one thing, that's not what people from Russia sound like when they're talking to each other, Mike. <laughs> like a movie like Valkyrie, okay, where the beginning starts off with Tom Cruise reading a letter, and he's or writing a letter, and he's writing the letter, and he's speaking in a German accent in in German, and then it slowly fades into him talking in English, and then like okay, so I get it, so. Although I'm hearing an American accent and it's English, he's actually speaking in German. Something like that to more like put me in it. But it almost seems like this game is trying to ignore it, but also talk about it. It's just a little, it's a little off-putting. But I do agree with you, the fixed cameras and stuff don't work. Uh, Which we talked about when we talked about Resident Evil, like would we like it better as a tank game or not? And this game kind of shows that tank games are kind of done. It is just, it, it just when, doesn't work when you're running from people and stuff. It's, it's tank controls. It's still tank controls. Yeah. When you're running from the monster, it's like forward and now you're backwards and now you're sideways. And now it's like, Oh, I'm done. I'm okay. Hmm. It's just a little too awkward. It's a little too stiff. It kind of blinds you from trying to find clues sometimes and makes it a little diff- more difficult than I think it should. Character is very slow as well. When moving, she's so slow. Even when she runs, when you get the ability to run, it's more of a walk. Hmm. The walk is a crawl. And that really bothers me. I do like the split screen options. I think that's really neat. Being able to play in the world of the medium, quote unquote, the afterlife and then the real world back to back and how smooth it is. That's really neat. And solving some of the puzzles are really cool. But overall, I find the game a little too slow. I'm glad it's only like a six to eight hour game because I couldn't play this for, you know, 12 or more hours. Mm. But it, it is a little slow and the puzzles do get a little boring after a little while and everyone's like oh the monster is so interesting and the monster is so great and i feel like half of that's because the monster is played by um troy baker and people just want to be all up troy baker's butt about being a great actor and he is a great voice actor nothing against him but the music and some of the sound effects are so loud sometimes i can't hear half the dialogue he's saying Hmm. so i don't find him particular scary or interesting in terms of being the monster so I'll probably beat this, but kind of like you, I'm not super interested. Once Mario comes out, if I don't beat it by the time Mario comes out, I'm probably done with this game. Will you beat it, though? I don't know. I've also got Spider-Man. Uh, it's honestly... Yeah, why Why aren't you ever honest about whether or not you're going to beat a game or whether or not you're ever going to play a game again, Mike? Well, this game is so short, I might, but it's really... I want it to be scarier. I wanted it to be really good. It is the first next-gen Xbox game that's been out that's only on there, but... I'll beat it because it's free and it's only eight hours, but yeah, the lack of games is what's driving me forward. If Outriders came out in February, like it was originally planned, there'd be no way I beat this game. Hmm. Outriders. That's a game. That's the one I want. (laughs) You heard my episode. I watched that video and now I'm super fucking pumped for it. Like you were. 
Did I listen to that? I talked about it last episode, yeah. Watch the end game content. I don't know if I... I didn't talk about it for that much, because... Much like when we're recording we together, I just kind of drown you out sometimes. <laughs> nice. But I'm I'm super pumped for Outriders. I was like, I'll play it if Dave plays it, but now, after watching the videos, it's the perfect blend of Destiny... Welcome to the bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect blend of Destiny, Anthem... Uh, Mass Effect and Dest uh, I think it is Destiny already. You did. Yeah. It, it just looks really, really cool and the art style is neat and I'm really pumped for it. And the end game content looks like it's almost endless. So. I haven't seen any of that. I just know it's made but people can fly. And that's a, I like that's what I said fly. on the episode. Like Dave just likes it because people can fly but I just watched videos and I, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, they know what they're doing. <laughs> I, tr I trust them. So yeah. That's all I got for this episode I think. Yeah, I don't got anything. <laughs> All right, so that's it for this episode of Two Player Bros. Davis, good having you back. Thank you for listening. Stay safe and keep on gaming.